0: everyone. You're listening to Here Come the Moms, only on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich, your host today, and I'm so excited about a book that I just read called How I Planned Your Wedding, the all-true story of a mother and daughter surviving the happiest day of their lives. And I thought, oh my goodness, who better to have than the co-authors of this book because the authors of this book are a mother and daughter. Now, what's really cool is that Susan Wiggs the mom is the author of many bestsellers, including the popular Lakeshore Chronicle series. And Elizabeth Wiggs Moss, Susan's daughter is a graduate of Pomona college and an MBA candidate at the university of Chicago. Who has a really cool blog. I am the But what's even more cool. Okay. Is that what I loved are two really cool things, um, that I had in common reading this book. One is that Elizabeth got engaged on my wedding anniversary on March 14th, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool. And not only that, Elizabeth is also, loves my favorite drink, soy chai latte. So on that note, I knew that this was, this was in the stars to have both Elizabeth and Susan on Here Come the Mom Show. So welcome Susan
1: and Elizabeth.
2: Well, thank thank you. you. This is this is Susan and I'm uh talking to everybody
1: from Bainbridge Island, Washington. And this is Elizabeth. I'm here in Chicago. And I had no idea that I got engaged on your wedding anniversary. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> well, when I saw that, I'm saying, oh my God, this is so amazing because I just loved your engagement so much. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit in a second. So I just want everybody to know that this is a must read for every mother, daughter, or anybody that is ever getting married, because it is such a genuine um, expression of of love, really. Actually, I'm going to read the dedication because I loved it so much. We dedicate this book to each other. It's a tribute to our mother-daughter bond, to the love and trust we share, and a celebration of our epic 16 months of struggle and triumph. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I read this book cover to cover, and I have a really, really close relationship with my mother. And I have to also say it's really a a common – the journey is feelings and apprehension and excitement and joy and sorrow and fear and elation and anticipation. And there was – but not only that, you share all of that, which you feel as you're reading – the whole book, cover to cover, but then you have so much valuable wisdom throughout this whole book, and you even highlight it. Which I want our, our listeners to to know, there are some great cheat sheets. Which I wouldn't cheat if I was anybody out there. I wouldn't cheat. I would, I would, <laughs> I would treat yourself to all every single word, okay? But I I love those cheat sheets because it just summarizes, encapsulates, you know, your, the, the points you want to get across. But we're going to share some of those points today. But um. What I want you both to do is one tell us why you wrote the book, and I also want you to share kind of your obsession with each other, as you call it in the book <laughs> oh, I love when, uh. i love I love laughter right who doesn 't love oh. laughter because really weddings are crazy, right I mean
1: crazy yeah absolutely <laughs> um, I guess I could start the the reason that we wrote the book really came down to um, you know the first couple of dramas that we had planning the wedding really really um freaked me out and kind of kind of made me feel like oh no you know this is going off the rails what's wrong with me and um it's it's kind of um not very widely spoken about in the wedding industry, but planning a wedding kind of sucks sometimes. And so I just thought, you know, I I need to share this experience with other women who are getting engaged because honestly, there are times when you do feel crazy. And there are also times when it really is this wonderful fairy tale princess moment. But But, you know, along the way, there are going to be some bumps on the road. And so I really wanted to write this book to basically say to brides, you know, it's normal to have a meltdown over trivial things. It's normal to you know, have a knockdown drag out with your closest, closest friends and relatives. Um, and in the end it all becomes worth it, um, because it really does end up being the happiest day of your life. And, um, in terms of my obsession with my mom, um, I think, you know, I don't have any siblings. So, um, my mom kind of had to be both to me growing up and, um, Since I have left home, since I left home when I went to college, um, I've kind of developed this habit of calling her pretty much any, you know, we talk about probably three or four times a day. I call her any time I'm walking anywhere because I kind of get bored when I'm walking. And that's when I wish I could just be like chatting with my mom. So um, so yeah, we have a really close, almost too close relationship, which I think lent itself to a little bit of extra drama during the wedding planning process.
0: Well, you know what's funny, Elizabeth, is that you know, Robert and I, which I just said, you know, we've been married. We just celebrated on March 14th, our 19th wedding mm-hmm. anniversary. And I will tell you that he feels sometimes that I didn't leave the nest. So <laughs> I can total, and I have, I have, okay. And I, I love, but there is to have a mother's love is unlike anything else. And I have to tell you, I talk to my mother every day and it is a very, you know, knowing somebody who, 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 who listens. Like that you know, mm-hmm. and it really matters, but I have to say you both had such a voice of reason uh, like you knew when to say what and how to say it, and there was mutual respect and love and you know, I just felt so close to you both susan what 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 else would you like to add to this opening before we get into the the nuts and bolts of the of, of the book
2: Well, thank you so much for having us and for for this opportunity, um, I completely agree with Elizabeth that um There's a, the first thing that most people do when they know that they're going to put on a wedding, whether they're the bride or the mom, um, is run out and get all the books on how to put on a wedding. And they all tell you how great it's going to be and how you're going to make, you know, 500 handcrafted ornaments and, and, um, you know, do 500 things simultaneously and well. And ultimately, you know, when you find yourself caught up in, you know, having a little snit with your daughter, It's disheartening. It's like, what is wrong with me? So... We wanted to put a book out that um, sort of pulled back the veil and um, let people know it's perfectly normal to have conflicts, and um, but as long as you come from a place of mutual love and respect, you know, and you ha- you keep your eye on the prize, which is to have you know a great launch to this beautiful romance, then you really can't go too far wrong. And and I, I agree that we're I don't think we're too close. I don't think there's such a thing as moms and daughters being too close. I think. Well, ask my husband about that.
0: (laughs) Well, see, that's exactly what. Yeah, really. (laughs) Well, you, you feel, listen. I think
2: that, I think having a great daughter is kind of like having a great big toy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, like, a, like a big Barbie doll, you get to dress her and you get to, you know, play with her and everything. It's just really, um, it's a real gift. And so I'm really pleased um, that I got to celebrate that with a with book. And it also helped us sort through um, doing, um, you know, doing the Monday morning quarterbacking after the wedding.
0: But you know, and- but Susan, wait, but Elizabeth and Susan, this is important to point out, okay, mm-hmm. because many of our listeners may already may already know who Susan Wiggs is, okay, mm-hmm. because you are a romance writer, so I think that that definitely added something special to this book, and Elizabeth kind of called you on it a few times because it really you know you have a way with words.
2: Well, that's right. That's right. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I was, I would use them as weapons because, you know, when I wake up in the morning and it's my full-time job to craft, you know, fiction or nonfiction all day, every day, you get kind of good at it. And so um, I might have had a bit of a home field advantage on the, in the writing department. And when I would decide, okay, I'm going to persuade her, you know, one way or the other in this email, I'm going to persuade her that, She's got to have a cake or I'm going to persuade her that she needs the wedding at our house or something like that. Um, I kind of did have a little bit of an advantage. But on the other hand, I had the disadvantage of being a romance writer. You know, I think people might expect to open this book and see, you know, everybody in hoop skirts on the lawn, like a Jane Austen movie or something. And instead, um, I think if you really think about the lifestyle of a full-time working writer, it's um, it's more like betting on horses. You know, some years um, I literally had to, you know, look at, you know, other careers that involved, you know, putting on a paper hat and saying, Would you like fries with that? And so, <laughs> you know, we've go you go from feast to famine when you're a self employed writer. And so I became very hard nosed and practical um, when it came to matters of, of money. And so I think that was one reason why, you know, she didn't get to have carte blanche well that you was- know
0: what there was definitely there was a lot of reality and common sense in your wedding planning uh, adventure and and since as you even say in the book most of the experience is universal I still think brides need to hear from both of you because I think that you 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 did it in in such a, a wonderful fashion so I just want to get right into this okay Elizabeth mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I, I just even want to start off with the first sentence I was born to be a bride. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are a lot of little girls that grow up to be young women that that say this, you know, and yes. I could think of no better way to really start a book being it was so truthful. So what did that mean to you?
1: Well, you know, I was definitely one of those girls who on the day that I got engaged, I already had a lot of decisions made. Um, and that was because I had been thinking and dreaming about my wedding for my entire life. Um, as early as I can remember. And, and, you know, we have pictures of me, like, you know, when, when my friends were, you know, dressing up as, you know, fairies and princesses and, and, you know, maybe even, um, you know, pretending that they were doctors or something like that. I was, um, you know, putting on a towel on my head and pretending it was a veil and being a bride and carrying a little fake bouquet. So, um, at the, you know, when Dave proposed to me, Dave is, Dave is my husband now, um, I already knew so many things that I wanted, and in some ways that was an advantage you know I have um, I have one of my best friends, um, Molly is kind of the opposite she hadn 't really given it a lot of thought um, at the time when she got engaged, and so she kind of I think went through a moment of oh my gosh, I have to make all these decisions. I never even realized these went into it, um, which can be its own can of worms, but for me, what was hard was matching reality to what my lifelong fantasy was and really really figuring out okay this can't also just be about me it's about my husband it's about his family and it's about my mom who is you know financially anyway hosting this event
0: well well put I mean and thank you for sharing that and and Susan like does anybody and I'm quoting again in the book very at the beginning does anybody actually dream about being the mother of the bride so talk about you know, this. And yeah,
2: those. That, was, that was a bit of a reality. You know, um, I was so excited when she got engaged. I was so, so happy. It was something that I just really, really wanted for her because, um, you know, other than Elizabeth, nobody loves um, her husband more than I do. And so, you know, it was really the culmination of something that we both really wanted for her. Um, however, then I sat back and I went, huh huh, you know, do you really dream about being mother of the bride? It it means you're old, you know, it means you're old enough to have a grown daughter and you never pictured yourself in this place. So, um, so that was, you know, one initial feeling and then mix that with the feeling of, you know, you want the world for your daughter, you know, so you better woman up and turn yourself into the best mother of the bride you can be, you know, um, and it's a role that um, is not, really that well defined. It's sort of um, poked fun at sometimes in the movies, you know, the harried mother of the bride, you know, in the big ugly dress and, and that sort of thing. But it's very undefined. And I think it's because it's so individual um, in each case I wanted to be the mother of the bride who was the bride's best friend but who wasn't you know dowdy and boring and and you know predictable so um, but I didn't beyond that I didn't really have any clear vision unlike Elizabeth who you know like she mentioned she basically had her whole wedding planned out in her head and I think you know we talk about that in the book a bit about you know the stand-ins that she had for her various grooms growing up and including, you know, um, mops, Airedale terriers, you know, what? whoever would sit still for her to turn it into the groom, that was the groom. And so <laughs> she had a pretty clear vision, I did not. So I kind of had to come up with that. And one of the most fun things was, um, I didn't think it would be fun because, you know, how, I don't know. I think sometimes shopping for a mother of the bride dress is like shopping for a bathing suit. It's just, you know, the ultimate humiliation, but, um, Fortunately for me, Elizabeth had the most fashionable bridesmaids known to man, and one of them kind of, you know, took me under her wing and, you know, and found me the dress, really. So I was lucky in that.
0: Well, you have some great advice with regard to to that, too, because I think that if I recall correctly, a lot of it is about, um, you know, just wearing a happy face.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and and I think that one of the most um, uplifting exercises that I did is um, I went online and I just looked at various people's wedding photos because one of the things that you find about the Internet is it's the perfect place for people to, you know, publicly post wedding photos. You know, you can just Google it. And in every I did not see an ugly bride or an ugly mom, you know in the bunch. And the reason is that maybe they were not all like model perfect. Um, I know I certainly wasn't, but everybody was smiling, dancing, having a great time. And there is nothing more attractive than a really genuine smile from the heart.
0: Well, what, you know what you realized at the beginning though, that there were a long list of differences. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what they were. So other, you know, uh, moms and their daughters can not be so surprised when they have confirmation that, you know, you had the same kind of differences.
1: Differences I'm, between yeah, the mother I'm, and the daughter? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where do we begin? Well, you know um. what? We can
0: begin. I'll tell you. We can begin, um, you know, because, well, there are so many lessons in this book. But, you know, one of them, let's say, would be with the money. Right? Yes. I mean, and, and, and I think this was such a good talk because I think it's an important one. You know? Well yeah, I,
1: I think um something that that a lot of people from my generation don't realize is that the wedding industry really kind of started booming when we were little. So at the time when most of our parents were getting married and planning their weddings, there wasn't this entire, you know, um um market around it. It was just something that people did, you know, you, you just get married, you you um invite your friends and family and then they come over to your house and you know, you snap a couple of pictures like it wasn't it, it wasn't normally this big affair. And so um when I was approaching my mom initially to talk about the budget for the wedding, I, you know, didn't really comprehend yet that she had no idea Really about this entire about what it meant to throw a wedding in two thousand nine when we got married, um, and so I think that one thing that I wish I would have known um, going into it, and one piece of advice that I give in the book is that you need to make sure that you understand that you know any sum of money that your mom or or your parents or anyone gives you for your wedding is a gift, and just because. There's this big industry around it now. It doesn't make anyone entitled to, you know, spending your parents' entire year's salary on your big day. And you know, it's not that I necessarily felt entitled, but but you know, at the same time, it's like I I expected that my mom shared at least my values for the the various things that I wanted in my wedding. And so and so, I think that yeah, that's the big the big kind of, it was a huge conflict too. It wasn't, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I went into it with all this wisdom. I, I didn't at all. My mom and I had a really big, painful fight about money. But, um, you know, in the end, I realized this, I'm not entitled to any of this. It's all a gift. And I'm so lucky to have a mom who's supporting me in any way, even if it's not financially, but luckily it was financially too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, and, and, and being grateful, I think throughout the whole you know your whole life, really, we all need to be appreciative of for whatever we get and um and realize there are parameters um but definitely, I think the the uh, what you said also is that it's not it's it's not just spending money on one party you know you have to i mean I know Susan, you said this in the book you know it's about you know something that may matter in the future too, you know, just not to take all this money and you know and just spend it on one big party.
2: Well, you know, that that's one of the other things um, that I think is pretty common to self-employed people is that you tend to, you know, keep your eye on the future and, you know, my test question to myself whenever there was a big expense was always, you know, how much is this going to matter in five years? You know, am I going to look back and say, oh gosh, you know, I wish I'd taken that $1,000 and, you know, bought a CD or, 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 you know, a certificate of deposit or something like that um, and So I was coming from a really, really coldly practical point of view and, um, you know, and it bumped up against the fantasy of this big fantasy wedding. And as Elizabeth pointed out, it has exploded, you know, 30 years ago when the mothers of the bride were all getting married 20 or 30 years ago, it it wasn't quite the case. And I I make a point that I still believe in the book, which is um, the entire wedding industry changed the day Princess Diana married Prince Charles in England. You know, we didn't know of all the trauma and tragedy that was going to ensue for that couple. All we saw was, was this unbelievable royal wedding that just took the entire nation by storm. You know, I remember getting up in my bathrobe at 5.30 in the morning to watch that and um, just being completely blown away by the ceremony and, you know, the gravitas of it. And um, after that day, which was – was it in 1984? I think it was in 1984. Um, I think that was the day that everything changed. There were no more hurry up, you know, get your friends to marry you in your backyard – kind of weddings or barefoot on the beach kind of weddings it turned into this huge industry well it
0: was also everything had to be over the top you know yes i I mean Mm -hmm. from every component you can think of um i i have to say though there is one um and it's at the beginning of the book but but it also sets the stage uh, for a lot of what's to come later in the book and and like i said i want to touch on just key points that i know our listeners are going to gravitate to because it's like i want them to read this book but i have to say that um wonder, you know, you, we were talking about you being a writer, Susan. And, um, and I also think that when you love someone so much, you know, no matter what they say really matters. And I know that, you know, I have the utmost respect for for what my mother says. And as an adult, I, I take it under advisement, you know, and then as, a, as, a, as an adult, I now make my own decisions, but it really does weigh heavily, very often on the way I, I, I operate. And, um, There was one email. (laughs) It was really actually, (laughs) I mean, with subject wedding thoughts. Oh, that was brutal. I can't believe she put that in the book. But it was more more than brutal. And I can't wait for everybody really to read the whole thing. My favorite thing is really Dave coming to the rescue. Um, And I knew he was a great guy then. Actually, I knew he was a great guy. Okay, let me tell you something. I got to do a shout out to it too because actually my Robert also – Well, he's a video, everyone, most of our listeners, new listeners may not know this, but a lot of our regular listeners already know about Robert and I, and Robert has been a video journalist for the past 20 years. So anyways, Robert had the foresight to videotape our proposal. Well, I have to tell you again, another coincidence, you know, reading (laughs) your book is I couldn't believe that Dave was, you know, I can't believe that he videotaped your proposal. I'm thinking every guy should be doing that, you know? But not only should every guy be doing that, I can't get over the other two things he did. And I just think that every, every even if women are, are the only ones tuning in, and we have guys that listen, but I have to tell you something. This, the, the, the Engagey Moon, is <laughs> by far one of my favorites, okay? And also the photo shoot that he did the next morning. And I got a quote from the book. I love this. It says, the ignorance written all over our faces, there's no clue about the can of gardenia-scented wedding worms we just opened. And I'm thinking, you're right, because you had no idea what was to come. And and now what I'm telling you is what to come, okay, is this this email <laughs> – like
1: yeah really
0: you, you know real, and wait but you know what was really cool is the fact that you have to be mindful of your guests and ultimately you both comp, you, you both came to a really great decision and again i want everyone to read it in the book but but the but the power I, i'm going to read this i love this this is elizabeth writes this is what happens when your mother is a writer for a living she takes her pen against you and cuts into your vulnerable heart well <laughs> i want you to know elizabeth my mother's not a writer and she can still cut into my vulnerable. Oh yeah. Heart, okay. Oh yeah. So it's,
1: it's not it's not limited to people who are good at writing. I think it's a motherly it's a mothering instinct. And, oh yeah. I
2: have that mom. My mom. You know,
1: I, I'm just the sandwich generation here. I still talk to my
2: mom every day, and she just lives down the road. And and uh, yeah, they they just know all of your buttons, and um, that's kind of our job as moms.
0: No, and that's not going to – and you know what? That's not going to change. And I'm going to – and I also – and I just really wanted to, to, to reference that. And, and, and we don't necessarily have to explore that much more because I'm, I'm going to get onto the dress because I know that's every bride's, you know, favorite conversation. And I, and I think – talk about you, – you impart such great information there. But I will say I'm, I'm going to give kudos to Dave yet again because what I will say is that his reply, okay, and you wrote this, Elizabeth, his reply left your mom – feeling respected, listened to, and accepting of your plans. And I have to tell you something, that gives me goosebumps because that to me is ultimately what it's about. It's about having harmony. It's about, it's about you all getting along and you know what? It may have been tough, you know, going through it, mm-hmm. you know, which it is because you know what, if you know, marriage you know, those things don't change so much. Now she may not have wedding thoughts. Now she's going to have, oh, it's, you know, well, should you, when you, should you, and if you decide to have a family, please, you know.
1: Oh, I know. Let's not, Okay. Know. So
0: let's not talk about those thoughts. And you know what? They are, you welcome them, but you know, sometimes they're, it's hard. It's just hard, but you know what? At least it makes you face it. And, and you know what? To have a mother that cares so much and, you know, sometimes it's just very hard to challenge what your mother wants, but now that you've got a fiance and a, and a man that you're going to marry, that's going to be, you know, you, that's the other piece of advice. I guess you should really make sure, right. Cause you said that mm-hmm. also, um, about, you know, t- tell, you know, what's so important, you know, about, um, you know, you, Elizabeth share that, you know, piece of advice with, with, with making sure that, you know, Dave, you know, that, 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 you know, you, you're discussing things with him.
1: Yeah. And that, I mean, that's definitely, um, a big a- A big piece of advice that I have for any bride, you know, early on in our engagement, probably actually the night that we got engaged was the first time I brought this up with him. But I really let him know, like, you know, there are a couple of things in this wedding that I get complete ownership over. And, you know, one of those is the dress. Um, But – beyond that, you know, a lot of stuff is up for grabs and you should feel free to let me know and let my mom know when you have any strong feelings or opinions about anything. And just by making sure that he felt empowered to speak up, you know, I mean, to be honest, he didn't I, he, I I'll bet he doesn't even know like what kind of. I only had one kind of flower in my bouquet. It was hydrangeas. I'll bet he doesn't know what a hydrangea. Is. Oh, like, I, he that's he
0: my one to... of my favorites.
1: Oh, one of my <laughs> yeah. favorites. Yeah. Dave didn't care about a lot of things when it came to the wedding, as it turned out. But I wanted to make sure he felt like he was allowed to care if he did. And um, there were some things that really, really mattered to him. And one of the biggest pieces that he was very adamant about was making the event, something that was fun and easy and, and carefree for our guests, because Dave is somebody who really defines himself by the people in his life. And, um, as a result, you know, he became a really wonderful partner for me when, you know, when my mom and I were butting heads, because there were times when, for instance, he, you know, he took her side, even though she didn't she probably didn't know. Really <laughs>
0: well you didn't talk, <laughs> yeah. that you didn't talk about in the book. So thank yeah. you for sharing that piece of fuck. <laughs> Yeah, no,
1: he definitely he definitely knows how to play devil's advocate. But but you know, in the book he there you know, there was a moment when my mom had a really strong opinion about something and he disagreed and he was not shy about speaking up but at the same time Doing it in a respectful way that made her understand, you know, it's not that we don't care about your values. It's not that we don't care about you, but we need to think about the bigger picture here. And that was really, I mean, I, I urge any brides who who have, um, you know, fiancés who maybe aren't super closely involved to at least, you know, reach out and ask if they want to be involved. And as a result, like, you know, Dave planned our entire, um, what you would call the rehearsal dinner, dinner, although it was really more of like a welcome cocktail hour because we didn't just limit it to our wedding parties. But he planned the whole thing and it was at a pub and there were chicken wings and beer and it was great. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it, it was a really good reflection of him.
0: I think it's very important, you know, to to include. and I mean, that's just an important (laughs) message that everyone should have. Well, listen, let's talk about the dress because, you know what, I have to say that, you know, as important it is to be grounded and realistic, you know, with with budget and and, and wanting, you know, having a certain vision, as you mentioned earlier, um, when I was born to be a bride, but – I don't think you were too grounded, Elizabeth, until... Uh, but you became grounded, but you didn't start off very grounded. So, no. So just tell us a little bit about your discovery, and obviously what I love is what you call the most stunning part of your ensemble.
1: Do you, Were you going to say something, Mama? Uh, well, I was going to say that
2: it is all about the dress you know (laughs) it's been two years and when i go back and i look at the pictures and i think about the wedding the first thing that comes to mind and i have a feeling this is going to be true for so many of your listeners it is all about the dress and um that does not give for Blanche to go out and you know blow um you know five or six figures on a wedding dress because of what Elizabeth's about to share and she shares so beautifully in the book about the most important part of the ensemble and it has nothing to do with what you spent on the dress
1: yeah I mean and I I don't feel like I'm spoiling um the book because i think the story itself of how i found the dress is really funny and entertaining but but kind of the the lesson that i take away from it is is this i i went into a beautiful bridal shop the kind that you see in the movies where you know it was a
2: couture shop it was amazing
1: there was a runway in the middle. There were, you know, there, there was champagne, um, flowers everywhere, all of this stuff. And, you know, it was like we had the whole place to ourselves because they'd made an appointment for us and everything. And, um, the, the sales lady who you can read more about in the book who ended up being oh, she's, a,
0: she's a piece of work.
1: She, oh, she is. Oh my gosh. Oh, and no, I love, like, I
0: loved how you people. described her. I mean, yeah, we've it, heard
1: from other Seattle
2: brides who've met this woman. So
1: yeah, it's really funny. Actually. Um, people who have been there in Seattle know what the shop is. Um, she, Put me in this dress after I told her what I wanted, which was a ball gown. That's all I cared about. I said I just want a giant ball gown. I want a big bell skirt. And so she put me in this dress, and she'd kind of saved it for last, I think, because she was getting a feel for what I really liked. And it was everything. It was stunning, and it was the one. You know, as soon as I put it on, I was prancing around. I was looking at all the mirrors and everything. And at the beginning of the of the day, I had told her my budget was about you know a thousand bucks for the dress. And, um, after basically falling in love with it, I kind of turned to her and I was like, I'll take it. And she said, okay, well, this dress is worth $12,000. And that to me, it was like a record scratch. Like, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) where did this come from? And it really forced me to confront, you know, how important is the dress? Because, you know, this is this, you know, wearing a bridal gown is really what makes what made me feel like a bride more than anything else other than, you know, finding my Prince charming. But, um, but at that moment, I kind of got a glimpse of myself out of the corner of my eye and I noticed, you know what? It's just a white dress and you know, the, the cut of it. Yeah. I mean, I have preferences about that, but honestly, the thing that's going to be the most beautiful about me on my wedding day is not what I'm wearing, but the love that I'm feeling and the, the smile on my face and, It's not worth having to sell a kidney to afford it. There are plenty of beautiful dresses that were within my, what I thought was a pretty high budget of a thousand dollars, but we, we knew at that moment, this was not the right shop for us. You know, maybe for somebody who has a giant wedding budget where they don't have to worry about things, but, but you know, we went to a smaller, much more intimate place and found a dress that was even better. That was only $700. So it's a great story.
0: I got to tell you, it was just, it's just, I was elated reading it because it was a reality check beyond anyone's wildest dreams and it was like and it is it's achievable it's not about how much the price tag of something and 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 that was really and you had to really you know a light bulb had to go off you know you had it you had to feel it yourself like nobody could tell you that you had to you had to recognize that at that you know yourself because that's a ridiculous amount of money to spend although like you said there are some people that have unlimited funds
1: Oh yeah, I mean, plenty of people do spend that much. I mean, there's a reason that there are dresses out there that cost that much. But I think what it, I think what it comes down to is, you know, I I had to recognize that that the dress didn't make me the bride you know um the dress is a beautiful it's like well i think i say this in the book it's icing on the cake but it's not the cake i'm the cake
0: (laughs) well i loved i loved every and you also actually said um a happy bride's smile will shine more than any swarovski crystal could and it is so true and i can just tell that you know i can i can just tell that talking to you um that you're a smart um, woman with, you know, some common sense. So let me, um, I thought and I,
2: we should point out for your listeners that, um, they can see pictures, um, on the, of the dress on the wedding website. It's how I planned your Well,
0: I will link to that in the show notes Thank you. and, um, I would love for everybody to see the wedding photos. So we will absolutely link to that. How great. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, your first mother daughter wedding fight, and um, I, I think that that is really cool because that was with regarding the choosing your attendance.
2: It was funny. I didn't even think it was a fight. I, I did not. Expect- oh, mama. Come I, on. I, I, no, I, I just thought it's not a fight. It's just the way it is. You're going to have your cousins in your wedding. She has three unbelievably beautiful cousins and um, all of them were were keen to participate in some way. And I thought, well, she has no sisters, um, so they will be in the wedding party. And I thought, well, and that's that, which was hilarious. It's hilarious to me now, but um, it just seemed like such a no-brainer to me. And um, I was sort of shocked that she was resisting me on that. And the way that we battled our way through that and the compromise that we came to was, I thought it was a brilliant move on her part. And I thought she is a tactician.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to, again, I I just wanted to reference that because I think that um, there is such, the the main key, I think, advice here is, um, Elizabeth, I think you put it best is what you have to say to someone who asks who your bridesmaids are.
1: Yeah, that's, I, that is the first advice that I give to any, any new bride who's just gotten engaged or even who's been engaged for a while is whenever somebody, somebody asks you a question – about your wedding. and and in this case, it's who are your bridesmaids, But it could be something even even less um, you know, emotionally charged, like, where is your wedding or what date are you choosing? Anything like that. You just have to say, "I'm so excited to be engaged. I haven't even thought that far ahead yet.
0: Now, is that the best? That is the best quote I have heard. I am in this business a long time. That is brilliant.
1: Okay. Yeah, it, it saves you a lot of trouble, <laughs> as I learned. Um, and you know, and unfortunately, I have to give that advice in hindsight because I did not do that. And
0: um, <laughs> no, you came, didn't.
1: <laughs> not at all. So yeah, it came down to like I and I outlined this in the book. I was the worst bridesmaid asker ever. Like I asked all of them in the just the worst way. And I, you know, I won't I won't spoil that part because it's so funny. But but man, I you know, I, I it's a testament to how good my girlfriends are that they didn't just you know, turn around and say, absolutely not. Well, Why they would really, you ask
0: that problem? is actually true. You could tell that these friends really loved you. And, um, and, and, and it's like you say in the book, you wish you kept your trap shut and it forced yep. you to develop world-class amends making skills. And you know what? It, there's a lot of etiquette that's missing in, in, in this process that really needs to come. And that's what mothers are good for too, actually. Um, but mm-hmm. it is about how we treat each other. Um, now, the, I definitely want to get to this because there are a few things that I think that that I value so much in in weddings, and um, the three things would be the event planner, the photographer, and the videographer. So just just talk about that how important they were to you, and just you know a few reasons why. Because I think that again, people don't realize how much they need to prioritize certain vendors. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, this, my mom kind of mentioned this earlier is what, what will you care about in five years? Um, when you're choosing things to spend money on or things that you want to, um, you know, make a priority. And, and, um, two of those things are, are video and photography. I mean, those are going to be the things that you show to your children. Those are, those are the only those are the images that really are, are meant to capture the day so that you can remember it forever. So for me, I put a really, really high priority on finding vendors who were perfect for me. And and the thing, what made them perfect was that I felt comfortable around them and that I, I got their point of view, their artistic point of view. Because, you know, my, my photographer, Yvonne Wong, um, is incredible and she's very artistic and she takes a lot of beautiful candid shots and kind of unorthodox shots and that's just what I wanted. I wanted my wedding photos to look like art that I could hang on the wall and you know not necessarily feel like I was hanging an ad for a, a you know a bride gown on the wall. I wanted it to be something unique and special. And that, that was exactly what she provided. And and the same goes for our videographer. So that was a, that was a huge priority for me. Um, but I also, you know, I had to, I had to look at the realities of budget and for instance, our, our videographer, Mitch, um, the initial quote that he gave us was just too high and I and I was very frank with him about that. And he, he was able to work something out. He didn't bring a second videographer and you know, we we kind of worked it out so that I was still able to have him there and still get the the vision that I really appreciated so much from him. Um and his his videography company is called Cab Fair Productions in Seattle. Um and then the the wedding planner, oh my gosh. I don't know how we could have planned our wedding without one, because honestly, They took care of so many things that I never even had to, had to deal with on the day of the wedding. Like when, you know, we had to, we, last minute we had to switch where I was getting ready and that's, that's a. That's a part of the book that you guys. Oh, can she be. was a lifesaver. Yeah, she. Was she great. made it. I know. It was like it was like I never even really knew that anything wrong was happening. That was how good they were. And I think the most important thing that a lot of people don't really recognize about wedding planners is if you get the right one and they fit in your budget in the right way, they will save you more money than they cost you. So our wedding planners cost us about four thousand dollars, and they saved us. I think Dave and I sat down and figured out it was closer to. $6,000 they saved us that we would have paid if we hadn't been working with them. So, I mean, in addition to the fact that they kept me out of the insane asylum, they saved me money, which was really great for both me and my mom. Uh,
0: you know what? Outstanding advice. And I think that people don't even realize that that is – could really – um uh, d- make it a much smoother, easier, um, experience overall. Um, how did you, um, how do you feel that you, uh, you know, your personal details and traditions, did you do anything special, you know, during your wedding? Cause I know you definitely wanted to make each, you know, guest feel welcome and honored. Was there anything special that you want to share that how you personalized your wedding?
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that I did was we did these conversation starters on each person's um, each person's table card. Um, and and is that what it's called a table card? I don't even remember the terms anymore. Place this card. Is I call them place card. cards. Just, yeah, this is a testament to how much information you have in your head when you're a bride, and it just goes, <laughs> it goes away afterward. Um, um, yeah, so we so we had about 180 people come to the wedding, and of those 180, there were maybe. 20 to 30, who we weren't super duper close to. Either they were guests of people who we'd invited, or they were our parents' friends. Um, but so for each person on their place card, we put a personal detail that said, ask me about. And then, you know, for my friend Doug, it was, um, D and D is casino. Cause he started a, a little casino in his dorm room, our freshman year of college. And he was my next door neighbor. <laughs> so, you know, that sort of thing. And then the reason I mentioned the people that we didn't know is because it gave us an opportunity to get to know something about the people who are going to be at our wedding, um, um, and, you know, basically we would just email them or email our parents and say, you know, what's something interesting about them that, um, that somebody who's sitting at the table with them might be interested in knowing. So that was one way that we really personalized and made sure that the guests got to know. it was kind of, you know, it took, it was a lot, it was a lot of hard work trying to develop all of those little details, but I'm really, really glad we did not only for our guests sake, but for our sake, because it was so wonderful knowing these cool things about every single person who was at our wedding.
0: That's so nice. Susan, was there anything special that, you know, stands out that you want to share?
1: Yes. Um, you know, we we go
2: through in the book about, you know, I, I had this vision that the wedding would be at my home and it would all be beautiful and everything, and that quickly – got you know put the kibosh on that which was good you know ultimately it would it would have been so unworkable but i did want to um you know show everybody elizabeth's world and where she'd grown up and so i put on a um catered barbecue at my house for pretty much anybody who was there you know the day before the wedding or the 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 evening before the day before the thursday i guess um, and we had so much fun. We, I, I had relatives that I hadn't seen in 20 years. I had my cousin um, who Elizabeth was her, her, her flower girl and they hadn't seen each other since Elizabeth was five years old. So um, it was such a great celebration. We had a bonfire on the beach. Um, we had delicious, um, you know, local salmon. And it was just a really relaxing Time where there wasn't any party or agenda. Nobody had to dress up. We were all in our jeans. And then um, I'm really fortunate to be friends with a, a world-class um, antique car collector on on the island where I live. Um, and you know, he wins international car shows with his cars all the time. And he was kind enough to take. I would say mostly the grandpa generation guys and the teenage generation guys on a tour through his car collection cool. nearby really? on the island cool. and they just came home dazzled i mean they had seen dusenbergs and they had seen um, packards and and you know some collectible cars. And so just to treat them to something that they're not going to see every day that they're going to remember. And it doesn't have to be that elaborate. I was just lucky to have friends, you know, in that category. It could be something just as um, memorable as a really great, you know, relaxed dinner that you put on and treat everyone to.
0: Susan, just quickly touch on um, the importance of the thank you note.
2: Um, I, you know, it, it's one of those that goes all the way back to grandma's time. People need and love to be acknowledged. And so, and to this day, there's still no substitute for a handwritten thank you note. And um, Elizabeth grew into this knowledge. She sort of takes you through her, her um, you know, what what it feels like to, and she's so um, she's so honest about this in the book, what it really feels like when you forget to thank somebody and um, how to make amends from that. and she she is a quick study, I'm proud to say, you know, she only forgot one thing and forever after has been on top of the thank you note thing. So what did she forget? Um, it was a, <laughs> one of the earliest, earliest wedding gifts. As soon as she um, started her gift registry, which was pretty early on because it was something she kind of had planned out, um, and put up that I have a couple of friends who are very Johnny on the spot. You know, mm. they can't wait to jump online and see what the bride is wishing for. And this one incredibly dear friend, she's actually the wife of Elizabeth's high school principal. Um, sent her one of the one of the truly great things on her on her list which was a place setting i guess or some some plates or something from her china and um elizabeth just kind of let the thank you slide and slide and slide until months later i got a very um incredibly polite and diplomatic note saying well i just wanted to check and see if the delivery had been made um at which point, you know, I kind of gave Elizabeth the heads up. You need to talk to this woman. And so she really
1: kind of went. That's a to nice top. way of saying it. Heads up. <laughs> well, you know, It, only it ta- was an enraged email. <laughs> was,
2: was, yeah, but you know, know what?
0: It only you know, takes you know, once. It only it, it only takes oh, yeah. once. And you know what? We all learn from our mistakes. Okay. Yep. So, And I, we
2: wanted it in the book because there's not going to be a bride. If there's a bride on the planet who has not forgotten a thank you, she's lying to you. Because there's just too many um, pieces to this whole big thing, which is putting on a wedding. She's going to forget. And Elizabeth showed, you know, a gracious way to, you know, make amends for your forgetfulness. And um, our friend is still our dear, dear friend. (laughs) And, you know, it it all ended happily.
0: Well, talking about ending happily, you know, I'm just going to say a a few of the, the things that I learned throughout your book that are very clear and threaded throughout the page. Uh, one and, and things that I really feel are so true um, across the board universally for for all families experience weddings is a wedding tends to inspire people to be their happiest, most hopeful and kindest. Believe it and it'll be true. Um, and I'm quoting everything from Susan Elizabeth. None of this is original, okay? Although <laughs> although the thought, the sentiment is there, the, the genuineness is there, um, At the beginning, you talk about your in-laws. Susan says, be nice and hope for the best. And that applies to most of life's moments. And I think that is so true. To repeat what Elizabeth said earlier, work on your wedding as a couple. It is a microcosm of many discussions you'll have as a married couple and might as well get the differences out in the open now. I think there's something that I talk about in almost every program on Wedding Podcast Network is communication is key. Um... And I also think this was so important. Don't look back at the gas and regret a single moment. Take the joy in what you've done. And the other thing is also to remain conscious of the moment and cherish every second. And that's true at every wedding. You need to be mindful, like to to just enjoy it, like not to be thinking of of everything. Just just be there with your groom-to-be and your family and your friends and just enjoy the day like no other. I I would like to end this um, fabulous Here Come the Moms with... The mother to give her daughter her very best advice, and I want the daughter to give her mother the very best advice. So, who wants to go first?
1: Mama, you go first.
2: <laughs> you know what? The very best advice I can still think of is something that I said at the top of the interview, which is be your daughter's best friend. You know, be the place where she can have her meltdowns um, and be also the common sense fairy in this whole thing because it's very easy to get swept away with the, the um, you know, romance and fantasy of it all. So be your daughter's best friend and you'll have a best friend for life.
0: That's so nice. Go ahead, Elizabeth. <laughs> what do you want to say?
1: Um, you know, my best advice, and I think this, this goes for both the brides and the mothers, is to build in, um, build in time during the day that you can be reflective on what's happening. So, you know, my mom kind of accidentally did it for herself where she, she kind of escaped from a crazy household in the morning and went and just sat down and had some time to herself. And I actually asked our, um, the man who married us, our officiant to, pause during the wedding ceremony and just give me a second to kind of breathe and take it all in and center myself and, and, you know, kind of put aside all of the stress and nerves and everything that goes into planning a wedding and just be present in the moment. And so I think that um, if you do that, you're giving yourself a chance to really, really make a memory and to really be there for this really special, special moment in your life. When you're adding to your family, when you're becoming the lifelong partner of somebody, when you're becoming a mother-in-law you know, all of these, all of these transformations that happen during the day. I think it's so important to be present for them.
0: Well, the two of you were just amazing. And you know what? Even more amazing because you're going to give away two of your books to our listeners. And what I'm going to tell our listeners to do is to write us at feedback at the com. It's put in the subject line. Uh, mother-daughter and we'd love for you to share your favorite mother-daughter story while you're planning your wedding i i, I loved love this book i love speaking to both susan and elizabeth it was it's so joyful um there was so much more in the book that i didn't reveal as much as i did is as much as i didn't because they touch on the wedding look and you talk about so many other um and especially with the event planner i think it's really great reading about that and um it's it's just was so many tips and highlights in the book, and I really I have to say, and I don't think the, the last quote was actually one of my favorites, or, or how it ends, is um, in the words of the immortal Dr. Seuss, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. And how could you just not love that quote? I mean, <laughs> it's just so fantastic. Um, thank you both for joining us.
2: Thank, Thank you, you so much. I know your listeners are going to have nothing but good memories. I hope that they share with us, you know, their own wedding experience.
0: Well, I hope so, too. And um, we will uh, all stay in touch. We, we really do um, wish every family out there um, the very best journey planning their wedding. Because as as you said in your book, too, um, I think an average couple spends over 250 hours planning their wedding. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a lot of time. But the most important thing is we wish um, everybody have happy, strong, long-lasting marriages, Um, not only really fun weddings. um, But I I love this book, and and I could really read it over and over only because the two of you say it in such a really great fashion. So thank you for
2: being part of Here Come the Moms. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Holly. I really appreciate it.
0: If anyone has any questions or comments or suggestions or you have a story to tell on Here Come the Moms, please email us at feedback at WPN.com. That's feedback at thewpn.com. Or you can call us on our listener hotline, 800-882-1259. You've been listening to Here Come the Moms, only on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich, and thanks for listening.